For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. I went to Bleeding Races, t'was on the 9th of June, 1862 on a summer's afternoon. I took a bus from Bambrus and she was heavy laden. We were went along Collingwood Street, that's on the route to Bleeding. Oh, me lads, you should have seen us gunning. Passing the folks upon the road just as they were standing There were lots of lads and lasses there all with smiling faces Ganning along the Scotswood Road to see the blading races We flew past Armstrong's factory. Hello and welcome to CHN Radio, episode 147. I'm your host, Greg Troxel. You can follow me at NUFC underscore Greg. And today, we get to bring you a couple things. One, a lot of news and a lot of updates surrounding Newcastle United. But two, uh, we advanced the Carabao Cup. We did it. Uh, so to, to talk through all of this glorious information... And to bring it to you, the people, we have the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. How are you? I mean, I'm excited that I'm alive and and well, and that I don't have to watch that match anymore because I think that was that was up there with one of the worst matches I think I've ever seen as a Newcastle fan, and I was expecting it to be. Um, so uh, shout out to me for for watching an entire half of that and then turning it off. Um, yeah, shout out to me. That That's all I got to say. Follow your boy on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsome. Follow the main account at coming up in UFC podcast account at CHN underscore podcast. And I don't know where they could follow Greg on Twitter. And I honestly don't think it matters. So uh, we can just keep moving. Yeah. But this time uh, I, I said it already. Damn it. Oh, well, check out the main site because we've got cool articles up. Um, shout out to our boy Elliot, who just joined the squad. He wrote his first piece talking about West Ham. And we got yeah. pretty much everything we talk about on, on the show today is like got a piece on the site. So um, check it out. Maybe even as you're listening to the show, which actually don't do that. Focus all your attention on our voices. But yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> focus all of your – close your eyes and focus all of your attention. Yeah, shout out to people who are driving during this. Like, close your eyes while you're driving <laughs> yeah. and just listen to our voices. Yeah, take a deep breath and just just let it happen. <laughs> All right. Um, in this show, we will uh, we'll t- we're going to talk about Blackburn first, and then we'll transition to a lot of the news um, and what's happened in the past week. Uh, that includes Mike Ashley's lawsuit, the Premier League, that whole thing, some players going out on a loan, and um, some other just stuff. So let's get let's get to to the Blackburn match first, Elijah. Uh, the first important thing is that we won, we did it, we won one nothing. It was a great time. Uh, we'll start with your three words, and then we're just gonna it's gonna be a little bit different than our typical recap of matches. We're just gonna give an overall recap. We're not gonna go we're not gonna fully deep dive into this one because we have the rest of the show to do. Uh, so for your f- three words after every match, we ask you to tweet three words at us to describe the match. And uh, y'all deliver every time. So this one is from Mr. Steelier Worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. Another newcomer scores. Trevor Mooney at Trevor Mooney 12. Iose still shite. Andy Gurney at Andy Gurney 1. Jolinton is poor. Uh, Gary Hopkins at Hopkins 012. We're through, man. James Whitmore at jlaw underscore broski. Crap at mass, sorry. <laughs> Which is, that's funny. Uh, Newcastle United USA at USA underscore NUFC. 40 million pounds with a lot of question marks and exclamation points after that. So, Elijah, we won. We did. Are you happy, win. first off? But at what cost? <laughs> no cost, no cost. We've so it was won. A, <laughs> um, a 35 minute goal from debutant Ryan Fraser. 
uh, gave our first victory in the League Cup since when, Elijah? Uh, since, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> championship season, maybe? 2016. So right after championship season. No, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, I am right. Championship yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dabbing aggressively. I don't think anyone can see that, but just know <laughs> that's what's going on. <laughs> well, that happened. Um, what, what our, our reward for this is we are going to face off against Morecambe. It will not be NUFC Loney Jake Turner. He will not be playing because he's not allowed to. Uh, so it's obviously a week inside. The best player in Morecambe's history will not be playing. Uh, but it kind of was a little unlucky that we won this match against Blackburn Rovers because uh, we didn't play that well. And uh, I know Rovers were kind of putting us up against the brink towards the end of it. It was 10 changes named to the side. Um, only The only player that was still on the team from the opening weekend was Javier Manquillo. And we had four right backs in the lineup. We had Almiron start, Frazier start, Jolinton start, um, Sean Longstaff, and Dan Barlasar started. Matt Ritchie was the captain. Elijah, give me your overarching thoughts here. I mean, I think a lot of people were uh, like, it was weird because people were like, oh man, it's cool to have depth. Like, and mind you, none of these guys really played with each other. Like, this is one, the second competitive match of the season, and two, the first time this lineup has ever existed. So um, everyone's like, oh man, it's so nice to have depth. And then they're like mad when the lineup plays like they haven't played together. And it's like, well, I mean, they literally haven't played together. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, it was cool to see Barlazar start. Or Bar- how do you, is it Barlazar? Barlazar? I don't know if it's Barlazar or Barlazar. Uh, or Laser. I'm pretty sure the guy, whoever the commentary I, so guy was, he it said is, it four times incorrectly. It know. is. Uh, uh, he is Turkish. Um, well, he's like born in England, but of Turkish descent. So I'm not sure if somebody can help us out with that too. But I'm just gonna go with Dan Barlazar. Yeah, I, I'll go with that too. Um, I, I wouldn't say he looked. Great. I think he looked fine. Um, he had a couple just like passes that were like, oh, this could be something. But again, uh, he's playing in a midfield pairing that again, like, I don't know if Sean Longstaff's really suited to play that kind of role. Um, y'all, you even saw a formation change to kind of suit something, you know, kind of push him a little bit further up the pitch. Um, but I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was a solid lineup. I mean, it did, it did what it needed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I guess it did what it needed to do to an extent. It definitely didn't dominate the match, which is a little bit of a problem. Uh, Almiron and Brian Fraser were linking up a lot in the first half. That was the the goal. Uh, Ryan Fraser got an assist from Almiron. So two assists, two in, what is that, 45 total minutes for Almiron so far uh, at, at the point of that second assist. So that was really good. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin played. So we thought he was he wouldn't be here at this point. So he's still here. Um, and he didn't he didn't look good. No, I I no. I mean, yeah. not really many people did though. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you expect like... us to look really good in this match, and we just weren't. It, it, it was very last year Newcastle at times. I felt like this would have been a close match. And I even hinted at it by tweeting publicly that we were going, I've tweeted multiple times. We we're going to lose this match. Like I just didn't think we we're going to look good because like, this is not, I literally, I one, it's a, it's, I don't know what this is. I guess it's a new system for Steve Bruce. He's going with the four, four, two again, but like none of these players will play with each other and Newcastle do play down typically to like their, their opponents. But like, like, I don't know. I do. It, there's something about just like, not having some of your consistent players in the lineup that really definitely like have a large effect on, on how the game plays out. And I do think like when you go out with the midfield with two guys who are not exactly like either in form or like that experience, like when, when you need the midfield to control a match, especially against the lower league side, like I think you're just always going to be not chasing the game, but you're definitely not going to be as dominant as you could be. Like if it was even Shelby or even Hayden paired alongside either one of those guys, I think it's a different match because those guys are going to want to be on the ball and they're going to want to control the match or even Hendrick. Um, but that just wasn't the case. You had two guys who were playing a bit timid in the midfield and you just can't have that. No. Yeah, definitely not. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So it, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, is, is there any, like, so some other players that we saw, I guess we can mention that is, um, yeah, Chris Natsu, Jacob Murphy was the first sub. St. Maximin came on, got hurt, scared, scared the crap out of me. And then, uh, Christian Asu came on to replace Richie towards the end. But it was just enough to get by. That's, that's yeah. really the best definition of it. Survive in advance, though. That's I mean, I'm all for that. I'm all for survive in advance because, like, that's my mindset because I, I'm, I'm unfortunately a fan of a team that does that exact same thing. They just win ugly games, and that's my Syracuse. <laughs> like, that's their mantra is, like, this is going to be an ugly game. They're going to miss. They're going to shoot 40% from the field. But they're going to win this game like 44 to like 41. And that's all that matters that you advance. And I'd imagine and you would hope that as the game goes, as the season goes on, as you the cup run continues per se, that you play a stronger team every time out. Like, I don't know if Yedlin's going to play next match. I don't know if Barlow's is going to play next match. I'd imagine, I think, Greg, you kind of alluded to this. You might have alluded to this. He, he might get loaned out. It might not have been. You might have been Mark Douglas that said that this could be an appearance where like he could – you know, make an impression and then get loaned out to a championship side or something like that. So I don't know. I don't really care. I guess the only other talking point from this match, besides Miguel Amarone is really good and Ryan Fraser is really good, um, is that um, Joel Linton's not good. Uh, so there's that. <laughs> I personally don't think that he was in the best position uh, for, for him to succeed. But also, like Greg said, it is a championship side and you have to take your chances um, where you – where you are, it just is weird because he looked better against the Premier League side on Saturday than he did against the championship side today. So it was, it was just really odd. Um, but I, I'm sure, like, he's just going to be a polarizing figure at the club no matter what he does. Um, he can have a good match and, and he'll be praised for it and be the next Neymar or something like that. And then the next match he's going to have a shocker and uh, he'll be criticized for it. So it's just something we have to live with. Yep. Um, Jolison was trash, to, to put it nicely, actually. Uh, so to get into some quotes, Steve Bruce said, we have another game on Sunday. We all have had six games in two and a half weeks. Uh, that game has made sure some of them have got football in their legs. We aren't going to say anything other than we were fortunate. I was wary people needed games, but thankfully we got away with it. Um, some stats. Uh, oh, it was also worth noting that Mark Gillespie made his debut. We didn't say that yet. So, congrats yeah. to him. He uh, was very crazy. emotional about it, too. So, shout out to him. Yeah, yeah. He had a very interesting story because he was with us in the youth team, and we kind of shunned him away. We just let him go, and we brought him back. He, he went out and proved that he was worth it and came back to his hometown club, and uh, he finally got it. He got his, his first – first team appearance with us. So it's a really cool story. Like never give up kids, never give up. Dan, unless um, you're on Croft Lazar, then. Yes. Oh yeah. Then definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give up, give up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Uh, Dan Bolasar made his fourth appearance, first team appearance for Newcastle uh, in just over three years. Uh, his third appearance was a while ago though, against Nottingham Forest in this competition in August of 2017. So a three-year break, uh, or a little over three-year break since his last appearance. Um, Jacob Murphy made his 42nd appearance for Newcastle United. Bet you didn't know this that much. Uh, the last time he played for us was 18 months ago against hey. Watford in the FA Cup in January of 2019. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, right? Um, so, yeah. Then he, more, but then he got sent out on loan again, right? I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's when he started going on loan. He went to – I think it was – Wednesday? No. Was Wednesday first? No, it was oh – He gosh. just was at Wednesday, I think. Yeah, it was – I forget now. So, oh. somebody will get back to on this. Uh, okay. So – we're going to take a break. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, no. Okay. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to get into the news segment of this podcast. We're going to do that right after this.
For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, Elijah. Uh, I have just... some news. Oh, breaking Jacob news. Jacob Murphy was at a current Premier League side. That was his first time on loan. Oh, West Brom. It was West Brom. I should have I should have known. known 14 appearances, two goals. Which, honestly, is not a bad return for a half-season loan. Like, not bad at all. For so, Yeah, for a winger, no. Take that. Yeah, yeah. take those um, every day. Yeah, he actually was starting to come on towards the end of last season, too. Uh, so, interesting that... Uh, he nearly had double-digit goals. He was one goal away from getting 10 goals last season. So, yeah. I mean, he had flashes. Of, uh, he looked fine. I, 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 do, I do think he'd be a nice, like... If you're up two or three nil in a game and you need a guy who's just going to like keep the defense on their toes, just like very direct dribble at the guys want to press. Like I think Jacob Murphy's going to be a solid like impact sub. And yeah. the Clippers just lost. And by hof- the way, hopefully, whew, and ho- hopefully uh, Jacob Murphy steps it up too and, and proves himself to be a, a legitimate Premier League player. That would be the best case scenario for us. Okay. To news, the Premier League responded to Mike Ashley's uh, club statement that was released. This happened right after our podcast, obviously. That's how things work. And uh, so I know it's a week old, but we still have to talk about it. So uh, I'll read the statement. And then, Elijah, I'd love to hear your comment. Uh, So the Premier League said the Premier League was disappointed and surprised by the Newcastle United Football Club statement regarding its potential takeover over by PCP Capital Partners, the Rubin Brothers, and the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia. The club's assertion that the Premier League has rejected the takeover is incorrect. The Premier League board has, on a number of occasions, given its opinion about which entities it believes would have control over the club should the consortium proceed with that position. That opinion is based on legal advice. This means the potential takeover could proceed to the next stage should the relevant entities provide all appropriate information. They would then be subject to a suitability assessment by the board. As an alternative, the board has repeatedly offered independent arbitration as a way forward since June. It is also incorrect to suggest these decisions were taken by any individual. They were agreed unanimously by all Premier League board members. Elijah, break it down. The Premier League are just doubling down on what they've already said, which is like they never made a decision. Uh, and Mike Ashley clearly believes that they have. Um, I think what was interesting, something that also came out after we recorded, was Thursday the Athletic came out with their their stake their take on it, and they took three writers, one of which is like not even a Newcastle source, more of a Premier League kind of insider, and essentially like they were kind of saying that uh, up until that day that like behind the scenes everyone was kind of working on making this happen people were connecting the dots Newcastle fans were connecting the dots because uh, a guy from the Premier League who had BN sports ties was fired so people were like oh this might have been happening blah blah blah. and so it's just it's weird how it all kind of came came apart uh, like with you know at the last minute this deal apparently not happening when Mike Ashley and I guess the buying side thought it was going to happen, thought it was really close after working on a month, like submitting all these different things. And he also had the Shields Gazette also coming out and saying that, uh, I mean, this is actually later. I guess this kind of comes out later, but the Shields Gazette was essentially saying that like the buying side had already passed all these different checks and stuff like that. So I think it was just, it's just each side's doubling down on whatever their stance is going to be. And so we're never going to find out what's really going to happen unless this goes to court where people have to submit things under oath and say things under oath. Like we just don't know what's going to happen or what actually has happened. So I don't know if that'll ever happen. I, yeah, who knows? Uh, And and so we'll just transition right into the next thing is that um, Mike Ashley, obviously he implied legal action and that's what he's getting. Uh, so it was actually kind of ironic. I found this on NUFC.com that 
but Monday was 12 years to the day that the club was first put up for sale by Mike Ashley. And Monday also saw the following update from London-based lawyers, Blackstone Chambers. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like we know what the relevant options available are. And this is the, the statement. Shahid Fatina, Fatima QC and Nick DeMarco QC are acting for Newcastle United FC and Mike Ashley, instructed by Dennis, in a dispute with Premier League about its rejection of a takeover bid made by PCP Capital Partners, the Rubin Brothers, and the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, based on its owners and directors' tests. Um, that was the statement. Uh, DeMarco is currently working with Derby, Derby County, Sheffield Wednesday, and the PFA in actions against the Football League currently, and Fatima's former clients include a member of the Saudi royal family. Fun little update there. Yeah. And, uh, so, Elijah, what are, your, what are your takes on this? So it looks like we're going to have a long, drawn-out battle now, huh? Like, not yeah. that it already wasn't. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it, this, is, this is interesting for a lot of things. I think you kind of hit on it. You've got an interesting team that was built here by Blackson. Um, that's definitely their name. I want to make sure. I don't – yeah, Blackstone. Um because Blackstone also is like a that's a that's a video game. We're not getting into video games. Um, but um, yeah, uh, you've got a really interesting team. Demarco is is a goat in the sport uh, law world in the UK, especially with football law. I mean, his client list is immeasurable. It's FIFA. He's worked with. I think I have it down here. I think he's uh, fourteen out of the thirty Premier League teams he's represented. Um, and Newcastle's number fourteen. Uh, he has, and also. The two of the – I think it was Watford and um, Bournemouth he also re uh, represented. So he, he knows his way around football. He's not only representing, you know, teams, but he's representing organizations, FIFA, Scots Premier League, uh, Scottish Football Association, Saudi Football Federation. That's an interesting little link there. And he represents pretty much every big-name player in the Prem. He's done contracts for or legal disputes for. So a guy who knows the ins and outs of not only the Premier League – um, but but football and has the connections and understands every possible argument and a guy who commented and has been commenting on this takeover since the very beginning. So if he actually commented way back in May about legal disputes, I mean, people brought up, he commented in when the whole deal fell apart, he said, I don't want to comment on it because any the, because <laughs> he said verbatim, uh, these te like one of these one of these people could be my client in the future or something like that. So he's an interesting character. And then you've got, uh, our homie uh, Shahid Fatima, who is an expert on policy, has written about it, is just an expert on pretty much restructuring, dissecting um, any sort of policies and procedures, which is really what the crux this is going to be about. And of course, already has the Saudi ties and um, just is able to, um, she's just a really interesting individual. She's won a ton of awards, quite young as a good lawyer. And she's worked with a lot of really massive, massive nonprofits, uh, most notably the UN. Uh, so I don't know. It's going to be an, it, it's just a strong legal team. I honestly have no idea what the course of action is here. Um, the Shields, I, I mentioned the Shields Gazette mentioned that like um, that the buying side seems to believe that like this was an out and like that everything was going to plan and that all of their owners passed the owners and directors test. My inclination is that this is going to come down to um, whether or not like, I actually, I don't even know. Like, I can't even say, like, probably, I, I would say, like, probably dissecting the owners and directors tests and then trying to figure out, like, where the Premier League has slipped up in this. And, I mean, compensation is something that you could request, but I'd imagine they just want to push the deal through. And this could be something that is just, like, by just taking legal action, the, the Premier League just decides to push the deal through because it does seem like the real sticking point is whether or not you consider – the Saudi government and an owner of the club. Um, and I think the buying side is not denying that technically the country owns the club, but they're denying the fact that the country would have any influence over the club. And so that's the kind of the distinct argument I'm seeing. Again, I'm not a lawyer, but that's just seems to be the big talking point between everyone is like the Saudi Arabian government and whether or not they are going to be owning Newcastle United. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to – I mean, there, there's a, there's so many things behind the scenes that we're not going to know. I think the one – the I guess the worst 
thing that could, that could happen to the Premier League is that this becomes a public battle, which it was in the beginning as far as, like, pe- everyone knew that this takeover was imminent. And the Premier League, you know, how, how they run in their secrecy. But I think with with how forward this law firm was and saying, like, hey, we're representing them and this is what we're doing. Uh, like, this is what we're representing for. I think if they bring this into the public, if Mike Ashley brings this to the public, I think that's the last thing the Premier League won. So there is a, a potential to like, I know both sides want to get this settled quickly, but I think making it become public is going to encourage the Premier League to, to really make it, get it sorted quickly. And who knows what that result will be, but uh, I think you gotta, you just gotta be a publicist in this situation and let people know every step, what the Premier League's saying, what you're saying, what the arguments are, just put, lay it all out there. Like make it, make, let the whole world know what's going on. And, and, I think, and I think it will issue, be fun for us, but it also be like I think it will be beneficial from a legality standpoint because I think everybody would want it to end. Yeah, and I think the only issue is that like if if things are going the way that the buying side have said it, where there's all these backdoor guarantees, like by going completely public, the Premier League loses all source of validity as an organization because you're just openly talking about how you're not going about your the process you set forth. And you're making like backdoor deals and that opens up the whole possibility to outside influence. Now, if the Premier League were doing everything right, then I, I feel like there would be no reason for them to not already have come out with like, hey, this is what we did. This is our timeline, blah, 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 just to nip this whole thing in the butt. But it is interesting that they're so hesitant to do something like that because it leads me to believe that they, they might not have their hands completely clean here, um, which will be something that is that is interesting and if this is the group to, to kind of uncover it, um, I'm sure Blackstone is 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 experts at, at doing this. Um, we kind of saw the same thing happen with UEFA, where everyone was so quick to, to be like, well, yes, Man City clearly violated blah, X, Y, and Z, and then court arbitration full report comes out, and pretty much UEFA handled the whole situation completely incorrectly, but from the outside looking in, it looked like they handled it perfectly, but they didn't. Um, and so, um, and that's kind of the power of Blackstone brings is like, they are that agency that can figure things like this out and they have yeah. the, the legal wherewithal to do so. They, they don't lose a lot of cases. No, no, they don't. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's, let's move on. Is there any other thing you want to say there? Mm-mm. Okay. Um, let's move on to some lighter topics, I guess. Um, okay. We have... One more thing before we go to a break, actually, is Florian Lejeune. He gone. Well, yeah, he is. temporarily gone. <laughs> um, Florian Lejeune is going on loan, and he is going to Deportivo Alaves, where he's going to join Hasselu. Real Madrid's Hasselu. Um, and Florian Lejeune will be on the same team. Elijah, is Deportivo Alaves the team of CHN radio? Yes. Um, honestly, are we doing it? It, Greg, I don't know. I feel like, and this is, this is, a, this is, if you're listening to the show for the first time, this happens often where we just come up with ideas on the spot. Like we don't <laughs> talk about beforehand, but I do feel like we should do a giveaway of a Hoslo Jersey. A Deportivo. Uh, a Deportivo Alaves Hoslo giveaway. Yes. Oh, 100%. Because I think that our listeners understand Hostelu and even fans of coming up Newcastle. I tweeted about Hostelu twice today and people understood. People actually have been tweeting at me about Hostelu. Um, So that's (laughs) that's encouraging is that we are now the Hostelu, like that's our brand. But it is true. We do love him, uh, Real Madrid's Hostelu. And so – yeah, I think that'd be cool. So we might have to do that. Um, I don't know if we're going to get a lot of follower increase because of it, because it's a very specific uh, market of our own listeners that we're targeting. But if you guys be into that, let us know. Tweet at me or Greg, and we'll we'll, we'll make it happen. Because I do think that is our official team. Deportivo, yeah. all of us. Well, our official team is Newcastle, but the team of CHN Radio is Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deportivo you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, could, uh, so- we could just – Change the title of this whole podcast to Deportivo Alves D- Home Radio. A- H-N. Oh, C-D-A. H-N. Oh, C- 
yeah, yeah. Coming home, coming. Oh, wait, coming no. home. Yeah, Deportivo not coming Deportivo Alaves. Alaves. <laughs> radio. Yeah. All right, so CHDA radio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Glad we got that figured out. But yeah, um, that's good for him. And then of course, um, and one thing I did note that I think he he, he gave his comments on it. Might have been the Chronicle had this, but he did mention that. Um, basically, with Steve Bruce coming in, he kind of just saw less game time in general, even when he was healthy. Um, so I think this is going to be an opportunity for him to prove himself. Hopefully, it's not him moving on completely because on his day, he is just one of our best center backs. So um, that's an, it's unfortunate to have lost him. And uh, we're already kind of seeing the effects of that today with the Blackburn match where uh, you played a right back at center back. So Newcastle yeah. is certainly going to be looking to replace him with the loan signing. Uh, that was already something that was already um, we kind of already knew about. And then, of course, Yoshinori Muto. Maybe by the time this, this podcast comes out, it's probably going to be announced. But um, Ibar are a team that are looking to take him on loan. Um, Steve Bruce has already pretty much confirmed it. It's also confirmed his full kind of like transfer list. Uh, it includes uh, Christian Atsu, Omni Saive, Akraf Lazar, um, and Rolando Aarons. He basically said that like we have to get rid of these guys because it's no use for them if they're at the club and not playing. Um, which is the most direct I think any manager of recent has been about any of those players. Basically being like, they're not really good enough to play here, so we need to sell them so they can play somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. Some other updates. Uh, so, actually, Ibar, if you remember, uh, that's the club Lejeune came from. So there mm-hmm. is a connection there. Interesting. Uh, I, I don't know if clubs, like, just stay in touch. I, I assume that's how it is. Or, like, oh, hey, remember we talked a couple years ago? Like, maybe it's that. But, like, I'm sure that – Definitely. It definitely, like, because you, you negotiate with that sporting director where it's like, hey, you know, we're looking at loaning this guy out. Would you be – like, I'd say, like you know, sometimes you got to hit up your exes. Be like, yo, <laughs> hey, I, got <laughs> I, got, I, I got something for you, like, if you're interested. In we're going to need uh, – a good thing your girl doesn't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so some new updates about players is uh, DeAndre Yedlin is, is available. It, there was – Really no idea of, of where he's going to go. There was a link for him going to Turkey. Don't really think that's that has legs. Um, we apparently are looking to find a new club for Christian Atsu. Celtic is rumored for that. Um, and uh, an exit for Fabian Schar is mentioned. Uh, but but actually, I don't know in, how likely that injury, is. Yeah, yeah. With his injury, I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, I don't think Matt Ritchie's going to leave anymore. Who knows? And then there's been apparently attempts have been made to pay up the contracts of Lazar and Aaron's um, because we're going to have like, so Dan Barlasar, Jacob Murphy and Henri Saive. I know that Henri Saive were all given squad numbers while Lazar and Aaron's were not. So I think Henri Saive is even like, okay, you deserve this. So maybe Henri and he played in a, in a friendly or preseason match. So like maybe Henri, Henri is like, okay, you know, not half terrible. But the other, yeah, Aaron's and Lazar, they're done. And apparently they're making attempts to, like, just buy out the contract there. So um, Sheffield Wednesday want Murphy back, but I don't know if they're going to get them back. And it's also reported that Rotherham United want um, Barlasar back. Rotherham, Barlasar helped Rotherham get to the championship um, this past year. So uh, they would love him to come back there. Yeah, and it was also reported that they offered three hundred thousand dollars to buy him outright, and Newcastle turned it down. I don't know how true that is or not, but huh? All things you learn when you listen to your boy Greg. Choo! All right, let's take a break, and we'll go to odds and ends. Cool. Mm-hmm. Break for Newcastle fans everywhere. This is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, odds and ends. Uh, Darlow and, and Hayden, they want to they hang around for longer. Is that cool? Should we welcome them? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't yes. know why you wouldn't. Um, people <laughs> yeah. were asking, like... Why extend Darlow? And he had like a year left on his deal. Same with Hayden. Yeah. Um, you, don't want it, those any, you don't want anybody to go for free. Yeah, that's the thing. That's it's like, it's all about leverage. I mean, like, I'm sure that if Freddie Woodman makes a jump next season, which 
I mean, and, you know, we'll kind of get into this later. I, I'm sure that a lot of people want him to, to make the jump to the first team next season um, that you sell Darlo. And it's like, you have way more leverage if Darlo has five years on his deal than you do if he's got uh, no deal, no years and he's able to get sold for free. And yeah, so I, yeah, I'm all for extending these guys. I don't think either, I don't think Darlo got a pay raise. I'm sure Hayden probably got a pay raise, but yeah, I mean, it's good. Whatever. Extend the kids. Well, they're <laughs> both older than me, but extend them. Well, yeah, you could say that in a sports context. So, um, so some updates on their extensions is uh, Hayden got a six-year extension and Darlo is five. Did you say that? No. Okay. I just said that they you extend. I said they okay. both their deals both expired like next year. Um, the yeah, I think that's about all I have there. Okay, cool. So next up is Newcastle released it released uh, COVID nineteen updates. Hmm. So there's it it was from uh, communication with them and the supporters trust is uh, like just the government has not granted approval yet. So hold that in mind when I say these things, but uh, they're going to start like doing, they, they, the government has been doing pilots like Brighton and Chelsea had some fans at Amex stadium, like just testing it out, trying to see if it's something they can do. And the club said like they did a bunch of uh, data analysis and found that, uh, they can do around 10 to 15,000 seats will be available for home supporters. And um, it, that, that depends on the government approving that, but there will not be a way supporters present in the early stages of, of that. I feel like they could have away fans because they put them literally next to God. Um, yeah. So I don't think God can get COVID. Mm. I mean, well, actually, God so could give them COVID. That's what <laughs> gives them COVID. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that that's updates. Um, they're still talking about an October start for that, which is crazy because like that's literally it's two weeks from now is October. Um, so it could be happening really soon. Stay up to date on that. Do you have any comments on what should happen or what your thoughts are with that? Having fans back? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not really sure. I I can't really speak on the situation in the UK. I've seen some tweets about um, not being able to get testing in certain areas, but um, it's it's happening in the states and. Uh, one thing I've no- I've started to notice is that when you have these 50, 60,000 person stadiums and you go like 15,000, it's really spread out. Um, and so uh, I honestly don't think, and I haven't noticed already, and I think NFL Sunday was a good kind of eye test for this for us in the States. You really don't even notice the fact that there are fans there. Um, so, I-, I mean, it's good that fans are going to be able to attend. Um, will it change the atmosphere that much? Um, I, I don't think so. Um, it didn't really change that much with the NFL. Um, it seemed like everything was kind of in working order. I, I doubt that it'll change much there. Again, the NFL's pumping in crowd, no- crowd noise live, though, so that is one thing to uh, – that's that's worth mentioning. And Premier League's not doing that. So, I mean, it could make a slight difference, but, I mean, it's good for the fans. Whatever. Yeah, it is good for the fans, and I wonder how many helicopters we'd see. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that I hope that we get a whole fleet of helicopters uh, when we we beat who do we play in October? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Man United. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we played them in October when we beat Man United. Uh, actually, I don't even know if that's a home game, but we're gonna beat some team in October. And there's gonna be a fleet of helicopters that are gonna be uh, appearing on the TV screen. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh. The youth team, loan updates. Um, so the youth team, they, they had their first match of the season. The U23s did. They drew 2-2. Elliot Anderson got the goal. The homie is scoring left and right still. Uh, so that was cool to see him get a goal right away. Um, the second goal, oh, no, I'm going to forget who it was. It was – I'm looking it up real quick. Uh, oh, how can I forget? Niall Brookwell, his first <laughs> – First match at Newcastle United in general, the the Liverpool, ex-Liverpool man, he scored. Uh, he's a center back. He played D-mid in this one. Uh, but getting, getting the goal, the first goal in 34 minutes was pretty nice. So uh, it was, it was, they, had, they had two goals six minutes apart, Brookwell and Anderson. So uh, really good start. Need, they gave up a pen and then a lame goal towards the end. But 
uh, got the draw there. The uh, some loan updates. My man Kel Watts, boy, got a goal mm. against uh, some team. Oh, Lutton Town maybe. I think it was them. I think it was Lutton. Uh, Kel Watts, center back, goal. So he's fitting right into that Newcastle mantra <laughs> of. I am a center back and I score goals because that's what Newcastle center backs do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Kel Watts got his first goal at for a first team. Uh, so that was, a, that was on Tuesday, super excited for him. And then Mo Sangare and Tom Allen are tearing it up so far at Accrington um, that there's just doing a quick t- Twitter search. You'll learn that the fans are really liking them so far. And then um, Freddie woman uh, has, two starts and two clean sheets. So that's a good, that's a good start. And Jake Turner didn't play for the, he sat on the Carabao cup, but played and we'll see more updates on Lejeune when it happens in veto and all that other stuff. Um, and the NUFC women's team starts on Sunday. Do you have any odds and ends, Elijah? Uh, and an odds. Okay, let me see. Do I have any odds and ends? <laughs> um, the answer is no. Um, I do have some plugs though, um, for the site. Greg, he's got a dope prospect list. He just mm-hmm. talked about you team, and he is. I think I've said this multiple times. No one's refuted me on it, but I think Greg is the only person that covers the youth team, um, in all of Newcastle. I think. I mean, the Chronicle they mentioned them. But Greg is the only person who actually knows anything about any of these players. So uh, definitely read his work. He's going to be doing this prospect list um, throughout the season, just updating the list with his own personal rankings as to who he thinks are the top 20 uh, prospects in Newcastle system right now. Um, It's a fascinating read because I don't know half of these guys. But it is interesting to see, like, all of our eggs in the basket and see, like, where we are as a club and, like, He's going to be updating with stats and all that kind of stuff. So definitely check it out. That goes live pretty much about the same time you're listening to this podcast. So right after you finish this like segment right now, go, go ahead and pull it up unless you're driving. <laughs> then don't, then don't pull it up. Well, yeah, but if they're driving, their eyes are already closed. So yeah, yeah we, we told them to completely that. focus on us. Yeah. Hope those people who are driving are okay. Yeah. Is that your other odds? And then the safety. Yeah. Safety. That's a big one. <laughs> all right well uh that concludes then episode 147 oh, wait does it because we got to talk about brighton oh oh yeah you greg introduced this gun. new format and, just and i don't i don't even know the format That's yeah why. <laughs> uh so for those who don't know we play brighton this sunday i believe yes um and brighton just came off the, a pretty Decent match against Chelsea. Uh, they, they looked good. I mean, Chelsea had – they didn't have Pulisic. They started their signings well. But they have Zayek. Um, but Brighton held their own. Definitely going to be a tougher match than West Ham. Um, they've got the same characters that they've had the past couple seasons. They've honestly built, dare I say it, a solid enough team to honestly – I don't know if they'll get relegated. Like, it's a team that on paper is like they're going to get relegated – but they've been in the Prem so long, and they've faced so much adversity. It's really hard for me to imagine them getting relegated. They buy the same types of players that fit their system, and it's like, I don't know. It's a team that we, we, we I don't know, we, I would say we have trouble with, but it's a team that we definitely have pretty contentious matches with. I mean, play them this week. Um, I don't know. Your quick thoughts, Greg. Any, any bold lineup predictions you have? You think we're going to stick with the four four two? You think we're going to see different players start? Is Miggy going to start? Is Jeff Hendrick going to still start? It's hard to not start Jeff Hendrick after what just happened, but it's also hard to not start Miggy having two assists in two games. So um, it's going to be an interesting one. Greg, what are your initial thoughts on this? Uh, yeah, so I, I – I mean, we're 2-0 and with the 4-4-2, so I'm expecting us to go to a 4-4-2. I, like I said, I still maintain I don't think it's our best formation with the attacking talent that we have. But um, like if, if I say if Amron and ASM and Hendrick and or or, or Fraser, um, I don't think a four four two should be what we're running out in. But uh, I do think it will be a four four two for this one because it's working. Uh, air quotes working after today's performance. Um, 
it, you know, this is a huge opportunity to like, you know, our first four matches of the year are West Ham, which we won 2-0, beat Blackburn, could win against Brighton, and then Morecambe. I mean, there, there's a possibility that Newcastle has four wins here. So I think this is something like we've tr- struggled against teams that have really underperformed in the Premier League. And this is an opportunity for us to really take it to Brighton. And, uh, you know, I could, I could see – us doing well, and I can also see us struggling. I don't want. To, do, do we want to get into predictions yet, or do you still want to say more about the match? I don't want to jump. Um, I mean, I would say. I, I mean, uh, my my number one question of all time is always going to be who who do you think is going to be a threat from from Brighton? Um, I'd imagine Pascal Gross is at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. So um, I mean, that would be who I would choose. I I feel like that's. The person who gives us the most trouble every single time, maybe Lewis Dunk. There, but there's that, one other. Oh, there is. There's one other player that always always hurts us. Okay. Do you have any thoughts? You know? No, I I'm waiting for you to say the player because I'm curious. Moy, but he's oh, not there anymore. Oh, f- oh, good. Oh, I was going to say that was my that was my mo- like that was my thing. Oh, okay. Like, he's not there. Thank God. All right. Well, Newcastle. <laughs> we can get into prediction. Newcastle win three one. All right. You got. You heard it here, folks. Uh, Miguel Amaro gets his first goal of the season. Alan Saint Maxman gets a goal, and the third goal comes from a substitute player, the one and only Joel Linton. Oh my gosh. Oh my I'm God. telling you, that guy looks good when he's not played striker. So uh, that's what's going to happen. He's going to look good as a, a winger coming off the bench. And he's going to cut inside. He's going to give himself a goal. Yeah. I think Newcastle wins one nothing, And your goal scorer. You ready? You ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Callum Wilson. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's weird having, like, I, I think in years past, not in years past, last year, like years past, I'm not talking about last year when I was like predicting a goal score, it was really hard for me to say Joe Linton. But now that we have a proper striker, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot. Like Callum Wilson does like he scores goals like he's supposed to. Um, and he has great movement and puts himself in the positions where it's like, it's very likely that he will have shots on target, which is not something you could say about Joe Linton. Um, and part of that wasn't his fault. And that's a whole nother discussion that we've had thousands of times, but that's all we got for Brighton. You heard it here, folks. We both predicted a win, which yeah. doesn't happen often. Actually, usually oh, one of us um, is pessimistic. We let's wait, wait, wait. Five thirty-eight. Five thirty-eight. Okay. Five thirty-eight okay. says Newcastle have a forty percent chance to win, a thirty-two percent chance to lose, and a twenty-eight percent chance to draw. Five thirty-eight saying Newcastle United will win against Brighton. Bam. Are you shocked? Is that why you're in silence? Yeah, because we don't ever get <laughs> wins from 5-3, like, ever. Um, and and it's I think it's a weird one because um, you kind of alluded to this, but if you look at, like, the ex- expected goals and, and stuff for that West Ham match, like, that wasn't as dominant as a win as, as you'd imagine. And Brighton really didn't lose as badly as, like, like, they didn't, like, get clobbered by Chelsea. So, it's just – I think it's odd that we have such a high percentage of wing because, like, I don't think either team has shown um, that they're much better or much worse than last year. Yeah. You could argue Newcastle's shown they're much better than last year. But, again, there's the, the forever unknown variable of Steve Bruce. And you cannot take this team on paper and just assume that they will play well, even though on paper this is a good team. Because yeah. you also have to factor in – and you have to take into consideration how Steve Bruce uses these these pieces. Um, yep. That's just how it works. Totally. Totally. All right. Well, that's it then. I, I can't believe you said Joel Linton would score. That's a, that's a bold. Off the bench. That's actually a hot take. Um, follow us at NAOC Greg, at Elijah underscore Newsom, at CHN underscore podcast, at Coming Home NUFC. Go to our website, Coming Home newcastle.spnation.com and that concludes episode 147 of CHN Radio. I'm your host, Greg Troxell. That's the best damn coast in the land, Elijah Newsom. This is the best song in the world coming from Newcastle. Let's get three points on Sunday and away the last. Love you.